gospel jewels in Jeremiah. We're not going through the whole book. So I want to bring out a jewel from chapter 17 this morning. Last time we were in chapter 9 and we looked at misplaced boasting, what we glory in. That's what matters. This morning, I want to look at misplaced trust, misplaced trust, trusting the wrong things and the importance of trusting the right thing. So in chapter 17 of Jeremiah, verses 5 to 8, verses 5 to 8, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man. And makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the deserts, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like a tree. Planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of droughts, nor will cease from yielding fruits. We're only going to be able to scratch the surface with this glorious statement, and Jeremiah here is making a contrast, so there's only two points this morning, between a shrub, a dwarf juniper shrub in a desert. And if you go to some parts of the world, I remember going to Oman. It's just so parched and dry that there's hardly any vegetation, just these withered shrubs that have hardly grown at all and are not in any way green. And the contrast is between that and a tree, a green living tree that is growing in an oasis. Uh, if you ever get to go to a place like Oman, you will see in the middle of a desert these green oasises and you will have palm trees and uh, flowing water in the middle of a parched and dry land. So this is what Jeremiah is bringing out here. Either you and I are a shrub in the deserts, or we're a green tree in a little forest by streams of living water. Those are the two possibilities. Somebody who went to be with the Lord recently, uh, he was in a service in Abervan a year after the disaster there where uh, many school children were killed. And Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones was the preacher. And this gentleman took notes of what Dr. Martin was uh, saying. And Dr. Lloyd-Jones started his sermon with the words that proof of one's religion 
or ideology, outlook, is whether it enables you, sustains you, when things go wrong. A shrub, no sustaining. A green tree, still standing, even in the heats and droughts of the deserts. So this is the two points we want to look at this morning. And what are we? What are we? Jeremiah wasn't speaking to unbelieving people out there. He was addressing those who said they were the people of God. We need to remember that in looking at this chapter. Are we the shrub dying or are we the tree living? Now then, let's look first at the shrub in the desert. I haven't got time to go through all the different verses in the beginning of Jeremiah, but the Bible uses the metaphor of the wilderness, the desert, to describe this world. Now, it doesn't mean that this world is a desert in the physical sense. That's not true. Uh, This world is beautiful often, and uh, it's something that God created, even in its fallen states. It is something that we are to enjoy. Jeremiah is thinking of the spiritual world as a desert, as a wilderness, and it's found throughout the Bible. It's Uh, dry, it's uh, thirsty, no water, Uh, it causes famine, and it ends in death. Uh, The chapter that we read, chapter 14, it was very poignant, just the animals giving birth and having to move on because there was uh, no food or water for them. Now, that's what this world is like spiritually, when we're born into it. And uh, the crux of it all is that there is no uh, God or ideology in any of this world's systems that can give us life. Uh, Jeremiah said, uh, are there any among the idols of the nations that can cause rain? There is absolutely no hope. This is what we are like. When we're born into this world, and when we are like the shrub. What is the shrub? Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Misplaced trust. We're a shrub, spiritually speaking, this morning, in the deserts of this world if we are trusting in ourselves. Now, the word flesh, uh, that means flesh and blood, and it's simply another way of saying that we trust in man. Uh, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. That second word for man is a different word in the Hebrew from the first word, and it means the weakness of man as opposed to the strength of God. So the picture here is of utter hopelessness if we trust 
in ourselves. And this is Jeremiah's point, and this is a very searching point. Jeremiah is addressing people like the American dollar who are saying, in God we trust, in Jehovah we trust, the temple of Jehovah, the temple of Jehovah, the temple of Jehovah. But Jeremiah is saying, it's not what you speak that matters, it's where your heart is. That is what he's talking about here. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. He says in an earlier chapter, chapter 12, you are near with your mouth, but far from your hearts. They profess to know God and trust in him in terms of, saying it, but their hearts were far away from him. Is that you? Is that me this morning? Do we trust in our hearts? Now let me bring this home by just opening up the picture here of the shrub that Jeremiah has. You know, we are in a pitiable states if we're trusting in ourselves even if we claim to trust in God now what kind of life have we got uh, look at the shrub here it's withered isn't that a good word withered <laughs> the way you say it uh, shows what uh, the meaning of the word is shriveled that's another good word look at the description of this shrub for he shall be like a shrub in the deserts. He shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. Uh, a shrub that's dwarfed because it can't grow. There's no life in it. There's no green in its leaves because it's dying. Withered. Is that us? Spiritually, are we withering in our souls? The salt land. This shrub doesn't have roots that go deep enough to get to the fresh water. It's brackish salt water. I've often used this illustration to show uh, what withering means in terms of our spiritual life. I imagine if this was salt water, right? I would drink it to break my thirst, and it would make me more thirsty. So I would need to have more. I don't realize it's salt water. I'm even more thirsty, so I need to drink more. And you got... A vicious circle then, until in the end you die of thirst. And this is the picture of the withered uh, shrub. And this is the picture that the Bible gives us of a person who's trusting in themselves. Uh, as Tony said uh, in the announcements, the third hymn we sang is uh, taken from an image in the second chapter of Jeremiah where he describes the people going after uh, water in broken uh, wells, broken vessels. 
and it's not quenching their thirst. Uh, and the hymn brings it out. I sighed. This is how we feel when we are awakened to our spiritual condition. We realize that it's not just the body, but the soul. And we begin to thirst for something more than this world has to offer. I sighed for rest and happiness. I yearned for them, not thee. I tried the broken cisterns, Lord, but oh, the waters failed. Even as I stooped to drink, they fled and mocked me as I wailed. What a perfect description of the life of a person, of your life if you're trusting in yourself. Your own heart, my friend, is an insufficient source of happiness. The more we try to fill it with the things of this life, the more thirsty it makes us. The more people have, the more miserable they become. Uh, there was a king uh, in the Old Testament, King Solomon. And you know what King Solomon did? He did everything. He did everything. He tried everything. You name it, Solomon had tried it. He tried pleasures. He was rich enough to be able to sit back and enjoy life. He tried pleasures. He tried women. Uh, sometimes people think that those of us who are Christians, that we haven't had an experience of life. But Solomon had had an experience of life. He tried women. He'd slept with many women, but it didn't satisfy the yearnings of his heart. He tried wealth. He'd had all the wealth in the world, all the riches he could uh, collect. And you know what his conclusion was after all of this? Vanity, oh vanity, all is vanity. It's emptiness. It doesn't satisfy my soul. What about us? We're not probably as wealthy as Solomon was. We probably haven't tried as many things as he tried. But he's telling us this morning, don't bother, don't bother. I've done it, and it doesn't satisfy. They're broken vessels. You know something else about this shrub? Its roots are shallow. Its roots are shallow. That's why they don't reach the fresh water. Shallow roots. People who trust in themselves have shallow lives. Ah, you may say to me, and Jeremiah says this as well, incidentally, uh, don't people who uh, trust themselves, don't they often have things going well for them? Uh, Jeremiah said uh, in an earlier chapter again, uh, that uh, these people, they seem to be enjoying life. They seem uh, to be having everything going uh, successful for them. But it's a mirage. Isaiah uses that to describe all the pleasures of this life. It's a mirage in the desert. It's a mirage. And look at this shrub here. It's on its own. It's lonely. Because other shrubs can't grow next to it. And again, if we're trusting in self, that's what's going to happen in the end. 
because we're not going to be able to trust anybody else. Uh, when uh, the devil tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden, God didn't create this world a spiritual wilderness. It was paradise. But because our first parents, Adam and Eve, turned away from God, they were driven out of Eden and driven into the wilderness of this world. And that's why we've got thorns growing. That's why we work and toil and sweat. That's why there is sickness. That's why ultimately we will die. We will die. And the devil said to our first parents, if you disobey God, you will become like gods. And that's exactly what happened. We've all become little gods ever since. And because we're all a little god, life revolves around us. And in the end, if you've got people operating like that, they're going to be lonely, aren't they? They're going to be lonely. Wasn't it lovely to hear about Graydon? After he came to believe in Jesus Christ, his priorities went the other way. Jesus first, others second, myself last. But if you're trusting in yourself, it's yourself first. And you're lonely. You're lonely. Today's society is more lonely than any society that this country has ever seen. With all of our social media, with all of our so-called developments, we're the most miserable, the most empty, the most lonely of people. Because we're all revolving around ourselves. As the Beatles sang, all those lonely people, where do they all come from? They come from a heart that trusts in itself. Have you, have you been to Liverpool? Have you seen Eleanor Rigby in Liverpool? There's a statue to Eleanor Rigby. Can't remember the name of the street in Liverpool. She's sitting there on the bench, waiting for somebody to come. And they don't come. They will not come. She will sit there forever, and no one will come. You probably know the words of that song that I've quoted from. Where are the lonely people? Where do they all come from? Eleanor Rigby. She died in a church and was buried along with her name. Lonely in life, lonely in death. And now there's a statue of her sitting there on a bench waiting for somebody. And nobody's ever going to come. And my friend, this is what our fate will be like. We are really lonely now. We're going to be lonely when we die. And after death, we're going to have to face God and we're going to be alone for eternity. No one will come. Do you realize your plight if you're trusting in yourself? Do you realize that even though you think that it's Christians who are miserable and it's people who do their own thing who are enjoying life, do you realize even if that's the case, one day you're going to have to leave it all behind? And what's the point of just enjoying your pleasures just for a moment? That's all life is. It's just momentarily. 
if you're going to have to die and spend eternity alone. And this is the point of Jeremiah. Even when you think you're enjoying things, you're not really. It's a mirage. Like that shrub in the deserts. Now then, let's move on to the second part. This is what I've got to concentrate on. A tree, a tree by the river. Look at how this begins. Cursed is the man who trusts in himself, but blessed. Do you know what the word blessed means? Happy is the one who trusts in God. Now, we weren't born trusting in God. Uh, Look at the description here. The desert is what this world is spiritually. So by nature, we're all shrubs. That's the natural plants of the deserts. We're all withered. We're all shallow. We are all going to die. We're all going to die. But something happens to Jeremiah, and something can happen to you and to me. Look at the way he puts it. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. And this is what I want to draw your attention to. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. So these trees that we're seeing in the oasis, they're not natural to the deserts. They've been planted there. And it's like that with a person who comes to trust in the Lord. We're not born trusting in God, but something happens to us. Whether it happens suddenly or gradually, it doesn't matter. What matters is this. We're planted now. (laughs) Do you know what a Christian is? Do Do you know what happened to Jeremiah? Do you know what happened to Graydon when he went to the Corrie Hall to hear the gospel for the first time? Do you know what has happened to many of us here this morning? We had something planted in us. It wasn't there before. It is the life of God in the soul of a person. That's what Christianity is. It's not about religiosity. It's about a new life. A new life. It's the heart, isn't it? It's the heart uh, that doesn't trust in God and instinctively trust in itself and that's what happens when God does a work it's a new heart a new heart there was an evangelist called Peter Jeffrey Peter Jeffrey and he'd had two heart operations well he might have had more than two he had a physical heart operation But he'd had a spiritual heart operation. He'd been given a new heart. A new heart. Oh, don't you want a new heart this morning? And if you are a true believer, aren't you glad that there is this new life in you? Even in a desert land, that there is life there. Where there's life, there's hope. Now, let let me illustrate it like this. We instinctively trust ourselves. Uh, Even things that we read about in the newspaper or advice that we're given, we instinctively believe that, don't we? But we don't instinctively 
believe what God says. We don't. Even if we are brought up attending church, we don't instinctively believe it. We may believe it because our parents believe it. But when we have a new heart, there is what John Calvin calls the witness of the Spirit in our hearts. And what he meant by that was this. Now our instinct is to believe God. We believe what God says. That's the life of Christ in our soul. And it's not just a matter of taking God at his word. We find now that there are new affections in our hearts. We now love things that we either hated before or we didn't think anything of them. Thomas Chalmers said, the expulsive power of a new affection. Do you know that? Now, don't get me wrong. You may struggle with doubts. You may often feel cold. But you know, you know, that your instinctive, your default position is to trust in God and to love him. Because you're a new person. You're a new person. New life, new life. And this new life didn't come through us, but it comes to us through trusting in Jesus Christ. The great chapter in the New Testament about being born again, which is what I'm talking about, is John chapter 3. And in that chapter, where the new birth is extolled the most, faith in Jesus Christ is at its clearest. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. It's by faith in Christ that we know that we are born again. We can't make ourselves born again. God plants this in us. But our responsibility is not to trust in ourselves, but to trust in Jesus Christ. That's what I want to come to now. Look at the illustration here of the tree. The tree is planted. Where is it planted next to? This is the secret. This is why this tree is able to grow even in a desert. It's planted by the rivers of living water. That's the answer. This desert of a world is going to continue to be a desert spiritually. But this is what Jesus Christ is offering you and me this morning, even though we are spiritually like that shrub when we're born into this world, dead in trespasses and sins, he can come and plant his life in us. And we can't create that. Just as we didn't make ourselves born into this world, we can't make ourselves born again. But what the Bible commands us to do is to stop trusting in ourselves and turn to Jesus Christ and trust in him. Even here in Jeremiah, that's the gist of the message. And what I'm drawing your attention to here this morning is that in this spiritual wilderness, there is water to be had. And that water isn't to be had from any any system that this world has to offer, whether that's a religious system or some other ideology, it's in one place alone, Jesus Christ, 
When Jesus Christ was in this world 2,000 years ago, he described himself as the water of life. John chapter 7, I started the service with, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. I'm the only one that can satisfy your deepest longings. And then once Jesus Christ, uh, Roger Caswell, he's a very winsome evangelist. He can, he can talk to a stone, I think, about Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus Christ was an evangelist as well. And he spoke one day to a woman uh, by a well. And he said to this woman, he who drinks of the water of this well, the world will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I give will never thirst. The water I give will be as a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. My friend, Jesus Christ isn't a mirage. Jesus Christ isn't, as Jeremiah uses of the things of this world, a deceitful brook. A brook that you think uh, will satisfy your thirst, but when you stoop down and drink it, you just find it dirty, salty water that just makes you more thirsty. My friends, Jesus Christ is the real thing. Jesus Christ is a living fountain. What a gospel. What a gospel. I tried, I tried the broken cisterns. Have you tried them? I tried them, I tried them, and I found them all to fail. But I found somebody who doesn't fail. Oh, Christ in thee my soul hath found, and found in thee alone. Have you found Jesus Christ? Has he found you? He is true. I want to emphasize this. You can't trust what man says, even when it's meant well, because knowledge changes. Knowledge changes. Knowledge changes all the time. But Jesus' gospel stays the same. What Jesus says is the truth. It's the truth. Whatever issues are popular today, they will be non-issues in the next generation. But what Jesus Christ has to say is timeless, timeless, because death is timeless, because our spiritual needs are timeless, because sin is timeless. So Jesus Christ is timeless. Sorry, I can't help myself. I'm getting excited. I found Jesus Christ. I found him many years ago, and he's not let me down. Jeremiah could say that. I want to reiterate what Jeremiah is saying. I'm sure there are people here this morning who can say that. Even in the drought of the desert of this world, Jesus Christ hasn't failed. It's a good song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But it's bad theology. 
When you find Jesus Christ, you can no longer say that. Yes, you want to taste more of him, but you can never say now, I haven't found what I'm looking for. I have. I have. I want you to find him. I want you to find him. Jesus Christ can give you peace, as Graydon experienced when he died. Jesus Christ is that peace. Jesus Christ can satisfy your innermost desires. You can lose every other possession. But if you have Christ as your treasure, you will be happy. Happy the man whose hopes rely on Israel's God, on Jesus Christ. Happy. Uh, Brother Sudhir in India, he's got a boy called Happy. What a name for a Christian. Happy. Happy. Are you happy this morning? Because you're no longer trusting yourself, but trusting in Jesus Christ. But you will say to me, Pastor, it's a struggle. Of course it's a struggle. But look at this green tree. The amazing thing is this. This green tree isn't growing in a garden. It's growing in a desert. It's still standing because it's being fed by that river of living water. And my friend, it's a desert out there. Even amongst the churches today, it's a desert. We're in a mess spiritually. And we've been through a difficult time all through lockdown. And some of you have suffered in quite remarkable ways. But this is the secret even in drought, your leaf can still be green if your trust is in Jesus Christ. And you know what? There's nothing more powerful than that. Absolutely nothing. And I'm standing here before you, a weak, weak vessel. But I'm reiterating what Jeremiah is saying. If you're drawing from Jesus Christ, he will never fail. Period. There's no discussion. There is no discussion. Have you got a full tank of petrol? Have you got a full tank of petrol? Did you have to queue for petrol? Praise God. There will never be the need to queue, to panic in terms of drawing from Jesus Christ. I, I, I haven't got time to talk about the other things that come from him. Uh, forgiveness of sin, that's so important that we can be made right with God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Jeremiah isn't looking to that here, but oh, how vital that is. Jesus Christ, oh, Jesus Christ in your hearts. Uh, so just like a person who's trusting in themselves physically, you are going to be getting older. I'm sorry, there's no, there's no way around that. There's no way around that. And your body is going to get weaker. There, there is no way of avoiding that. And we are going to get more sick as we're getting older. That part of life, old age, doesn't come alone. And one day we will die. We will die. So in one sense, outwardly, we are withering, right? We are withering. But the person who's trusting in Jesus Christ, in his soul, 
in his soul, he'll be more alive than ever. Can I come to a conclusion here? Um, Dr. Martin said in that sermon in Aberavan a year after the Aberavan a year after the disaster that it's in terms of how something sustains you. That's how you know whether your religion, whether your ideology is right. And oh, my friends, uh, I I know of Christians, right? People who have come to trust in Jesus Christ. They, as they get older, even though they're getting more shriveled in their bodies, they're sweeter, they're riper in their souls. Doesn't that make you want to be a Christian this morning? As I look at some people, they're not just getting older, but they're getting uh, sourer, sourer in their souls. Doesn't that put you off trusting yourself and make you want to trust in Jesus Christ a preacher once said uh, if you're a Christian um, don't celebrate your birthday party like the world celebrates but do celebrate do celebrate and he said have an onwards and upwards party isn't that good an onwards and upwards party oh I, I must come to a conclusion my time is gone but if you come to Jesus Christ, you will find satisfaction in him. And this is the amazing thing, because Jesus is first, other people are going to be second, and from you is going to flow that living water. The less obsessed we are about ourselves, the more satisfied we are. Uh, In Israel, there are two seas. Do you know what two seas there are in Israel? There is the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea, It was, I still think it's the largest sea, but it's shrinking. Do you know why it's shrinking? It's shrinking because it's only got water coming into it. There's no water going out of it. And if you ever go to the Dead Sea, it stinks. It's just uh, getting smaller. All the salt deposits cause it to stink. It's, It's a horrible place. Because all that's happening is water's coming in. Nothing's going out. And then there's the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee isn't as big, but it's alive. Because there's not just water coming in, but water going out. May our church continue to be the Sea of Galilee. You know, we don't want to be a dead sea. Not giving out what we have experienced. A mission this week is us giving out Jesus Christ. Let us be less obsessed with looking within and just say, I have found in Jesus Christ someone who satisfies my deepest longings. And we want you here this morning and others outside of this building to come and put their trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, Well, that's me finished this morning, but Jesus isn't finished. Jesus isn't finished. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, oh, may we know Not a shrub, not a shrub, trusting ourselves, but a tree 
with other trees. That's what a church is. A church is a little forest in a desert place being sustained by Jesus Christ for his name's sake. Now we're going to sing together a hymn which expresses this life of Jesus being planted in our hearts. What a wonderful change has come over me since Jesus came into my hearts. And it's a wonderful hymn as well. So let us stand and let us, with happy, happy hearts, sing God's praises.
Lord Jesus, we want to open our hearts fully to thee. And we thank thee even if we may be like Jeremiah, uh, broken, weeping, uh, in a dry and desert land, that trusting in Jesus Christ, we know this life of God in our souls. And each one of us can know that blessed state, happy are we indeed, and happy will we be one day when we reach that city. And Lord, may every one of us find ourselves in Christ this morning, not having our own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Jesus Christ. And now may his grace and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forever. Amen.